All right, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back. I'm joined with Tyler Pazic. He's a mental performance coach. He played baseball at Indiana State. He was a pitcher. Uh, and we're just going to dive right into this. Tyler, how did you get started into mental performance? Like, what is it? How did you get, how'd you get started in this business? Yeah, so first of all, thanks for having me on. I truly appreciate it. Second of, of all, how did I get started in mental performance? Well, when I was at Indiana State playing, I was a left-handed pitcher, and I wound up getting hurt. And then while I was rehabbing, my dad handed me this book called The Mental Game of Baseball by Harvey Dorfman. And I read about halfway through it, and I honestly don't know where the book went because I think I threw it out. I, I like didn't enjoy it at all. Mm -hmm. And then I get back to Indiana State. That was over summer break. And my friend hands me this book called Mind Gym by Gary Mack. I read that whole thing in like two or three days. And then from there, I just kind of got really into the mental side of sport. And I did all of this research on mental imagery. And I'm like, oh my gosh, why are we not utilizing this at Indiana State? And so I go into my coach's office and I put literally a three, a three inch three ring binder on his desk and say, we need to be doing this stuff. Like, how are we not doing this? He goes, basic. You want to dig a ditch. You want to build mental toughness. You dig a ditch a hundred yards long, you fill it in and then you dig it again. And mm. I was like, okay. And so after that, I said, well, forget him. I'm going to go and pursue this because I really enjoy it. So I was a college summer baseball coach and I, again, I realized I like teaching the mental side of sport more than I like teaching the actual physical skill side. Mm. So I met this guy, Brian Kane, and he taught me everything he knew. And then I went to TCU to get my master's. And now, mm. yeah, I'm working with University of Oklahoma, University of Northern Colorado, University of Maine, one-on-one -on -one clients around the country, as well as a team over in Iceland and also people in um, – and well, the rest of Europe over in Italy as well. Is it just sports or is it a business or anything like that? Yeah. So I also work with sales professionals. Awesome. And awesome. startup companies as well. Cool. Well, it sounds like your coach at Indiana State got his, that advice of digging a ditch straight out of the movie Holes. That's the first <laughs> thing I thought of, man. He went full Shia LaBeouf on that. Um, that's my first thought. So I agree with you, man. Yeah. Those uh, kids are some gritty bitches too. Oh man, aren't they like, you know, you go back in there and I feel like a lot of my generation, you know, man, they, they should be going full Stanley Yelnets on, on some things, man. Like they, man. Um, so Dude, what I think what you're talking about right now is hard work and like just playing off that real quick there. That is definitely a factor in today's society. I feel like a lot of people just want it given to them. I want to put in ahead of time when it's like so easy to, <laughs> at least from what I've seen, it's so easy to make a decent living. Like at the snap of a fingers, it almost seems like it's mm -hmm. just that you need to put in the work ahead of time. And it doesn't even have to be a ton of work. Have, have you read crush it by Gary V? Of course. Okay. So in that book, he actually talks about how easy it is to make 40 grand. Like you don't, you don't need a, you don't need to put in a lot of work to make 40 grand. Yeah. And 
it's kind of it's kind of funny my buddy puts in like 40 to 50 hours a week at the sales job for a zip recruiter and he hates it and he's mm-hmm. making less than 40 grand mm. and i'm like dude like what do you love to do figure that out go do what you want to do and work for yourself and you can make 40 grand very easily way yeah, definitely. I, I think at least they less than 40 hours a week definitely and i, I, I think I think that's a big thing that, that you kind of already touched on in sports, sports and business, like, and life, man, there's so many similarities. Uh, and the physical side is, especially with sports, I feel like it's just the tip of the iceberg. Like the reason people don't do that, the advice you're giving your friend is all the only thing stopping them is true. It's, it sounds cheesy as hell. It sounds like I just got this from an Instagram post. Oh no, here literally comes the cliche. Is themselves. Yeah. Like it, like it, the biggest thing like is actually you saying, oh man, I'd love to do that, but I can't. It's like, you literally just were about to take a step and then like just shot your foot, like yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And I see it happen all the time, like in my business as an agency owner, you know, people saying like, man, I can't do this or I can't, you know, close clients. And it's like, you just told me you can't. Like, I don't, you know, it's kind of like a mirror right in their face. So that's why I think it's really interesting what you do and what you said. You, you were more interested on the mental side. You know, the first time I really was introduced to high performance, mental performance was uh, the book Relentless by Tim Grover, which I, a lot of people listening, that's probably the first time that when they listened to it, they, that concept was the first time that they like heard about it. At, like I said, at least for me and a lot of people um, that I know and him saying like people like Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, they were just so mentally strong that it just eventually met, like got them physically strong. Michael Jordan was not the most gifted. Uh, he got beat up by the Pistons back in the day. But he became like physically stronger, but, but that was because he was mentally strong, and look what happened. Um, so that leads me to my next question. We get that term thrown around all the time, high performance. Dude, what the hell is high performance? Uh, <laughs> that's a great question. High performance, and I think it's – it's there's a different definition for everybody Mm -hmm. and for the the title of high performance coach there's so many different titles for someone that does something like me as well like mental performance coach or mental skills coach or sports psychologist or sports psych consultant you know there's there's a bunch of different words and titles but yeah i go with high performance coach because or even peak performance coach i was playing with that for a little while but two things about those titles one mental performance when people hear mental they instantly think problem or issue right instead of thinking about solutions and like the potential that comes with it that you can reach and then peak performance what normally comes after a peak after you hit a peak the drop. Right. Right. So I'm like, well, that's not what I'm about either. I'm not about like getting people to the peak and then then dropping off and hitting the Valley again in their life. So I like the word high performance because I think that um, makes you think of just like sustaining a high level of performance day to day. Yeah. And so to me, high performance is like knowing what you want and then doing what you have to do to get what you want and living when you lay your head down on the pillow like you feel good about that day. You know yeah. that, okay, I had a good day today. And a lot of people aren't consistent with that. Or maybe 
you know, Monday, Sunday through Thursday, they're good at that. But then Friday, they lay their head down on the pillow and they're, they're completely anxious about next week or they're freaking out about or stressed out about what's going to happen this weekend. Or maybe they had a bad day. You know, I, I hear a lot of people that think they're doing well, but then we'll get talking and like one day out of the week, they're not doing well. And I'm like, dude, that's a whole day out of your week that you're not feeling like you're performing at your best or at your highest capabilities. So I'm like, let's figure this out and let's talk about it and come up with strategies and techniques that you can, and habits that you can start putting into your life so that you can sustain that high level of performance, not just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but also Thursday and Friday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and what it comes down to a lot is eating right, moving right, practicing your mindset and building your mindset and then sleep. So those four things are absolutely critical to sustaining a high level of performance day in and day out. So you'd say those are the main four like habits for anyone, business, sports, anything. Yes. Eat, move, mindset, sleep all day, every day. Hmm. I'm about to write that down. No joke. Um, that's good. So when you said number three was what work on your mental, mental game, mental performance. Um, Mm-hmm. How, how does one, how, how does one do that? I feel like a lot of people are kind of thinking, you know, there's so many books out there. There's so many courses out there. I could you like I said, I think I could YouTube the word meant the high performance, mental performance on YouTube. Uh, and by the time I got out of that rabbit hole, uh, I married and have kids like it be that long, <laughs> yeah. you know? So how does one work on that like, on a consistent basis? Cause obviously consistency is the name of the game. Mm-hmm. So for, what I always tell people is that your mindset, when you when humans are born, we're born with a negativity bias, meaning that we see the world through a negative lens because like just evolutionary wise, we had to look at the world that way. You know, if we were going to leave the cave, we had to be weary and anxious and nervous about what was in the weeds over there, what's behind that tree or if something's stalking us. And so that isn't a problem anymore, obviously. So we have to retrain our brain to, uh, so that our default mechanism is positive or our default mechanism is a productive thought. And so how do you do that? Well, there's several different ways, but it's by doing a little, a lot, not a lot, a little. So Mm. every day doing something to build your mindset in the way that you want to build it. So by setting up mental, one, one thing that I talk about is mental reminders. And that's like taking a dry erase marker and drawing on your mirror, maybe some of your goals or maybe a quote or like a sweet hashtag that you really enjoy or on your phone, changing the background on your phone. So every time you log into it, it says something that you to build your mindset like on the back of mine it says i am sisyphus hashtag time to wake up and Mm -hmm. like that gets me going in the morning or when i look at my phone and i read that that gets me going or um another thing you could do is buy the book the daily stoic and it's a page a day read and all you do is you open it up in the morning maybe and this is called habit stacking maybe you put it on next to your toothbrush or next to your bathroom toilet And every morning when you go use the restroom or brush your teeth, you open up the book to the page of the day and you read it. And 
stoicism is all about control what you can control and at the end of the day like if you want to be less stressed worry about the things that you can control because if you worry about the things that you can't control which basically is everything but yourself then it's just going to lead to irritation frustration aggravation and you're going to be living in a hole that you've literally dug for yourself mm-hmm. so the daily stoic is a great one um or little snippets like uh, there's a couple of audios or videos that you can listen to every day one is the success hotline by dr rob gilbert and he's a performance psych out of montclair state university in new jersey so the success hotline the number for that is 973-743-4690 call that he leaves a voicemail on he's been doing this for 25 years if you should just call in and think about how he's left a voicemail in, and it's been a performance psych voicemail for almost 25 years now. He has over 10,000 messages in a row, never missed a day. And mm. just that alone, like the commitment to excellence right there. Like if you do anything every day, if you do anything every day for 25 years, you're going to be really good at that one thing, yeah. whether it's a bad habit or a good habit, you're going to be really good at it. Mm-hmm. And so that's another thing you can do. And then the plus one on optimize.me on the internet uh, by, by Brian Johnson, another great little snippet of performance, anything in any domain, he, he'll help you just increase your performance overall so those are all things that you can do that are less than three minutes and if you don't have three minutes to work on your mindset then you're too busy it's kind of like meditation like if you're too busy to meditate you're too busy same Mm -hmm. thing right there meditation is another great thing that you can do to build your mindset so those are those are you know a handful of activities that you can do that take less than three minutes Mm -hmm. Another word that I think of whenever I think high performance and I hear it all the time, the one thing that it's say consistent that I've heard, the one word is focus and you kind of hit, hit, hit on it with meditation. Uh, That has really helped me out a lot because, you know, no matter what you do, hopefully everyone listening to this does something, but like everyone's so busy, you know, we got social media as a distraction. Uh, You know, there's so many things hitting, uh, hitting our feeds and, uh, so many calls coming in, texts, emails. How do you stay focused and, and really avoid those distractions and, and stay, you know, I guess you could say, you know, blinders on, so to speak. Mm, that's a great question. So there's several different ways to approach this. I'll hit on meditation real quick first. Yep. Meditation like success isn't about your ability to focus necessarily success is about your ability to notice you're distracted and then refocus. Mm. So it's focus, refocus, not just focus. Because again, like if we, and if we don't have the awareness, we don't have the ability to even notice we're distracted, then we're in a bad place. And that's where meditation comes into play because when you're sitting there and you're focusing on your breath and you're listening to yourself, breathe, maybe you're feeling it on your nostrils, or you're feeling belly go in and out when you're breathing and you focus on that and you continually bring your focus back to the breath when you know you get off on a tangent in your mind Mm -hmm. then that is training your ability to notice your thoughts release them and get back to focusing on what you want to focus on instead of your brain controlling you you're controlling you Mm -hmm. and so that's definitely 
one way to help you train your focus. The second one is there's, there's two ways that I've gone about this with my clients. One, I call it the MVP process. So you get down your mission, vision, and principles on one sheet of paper. So your whole life is on one sheet of paper and maybe I'll send you like a template or something and you can throw it up on the, in the notes or something yeah, like definitely. that. And your mission is basically your eulogy. Like what do you want people to say about you when you're dead or when you die or at your funeral, then your vision, these are all outcome goals, like achievements you want in your life. So for me, it's, you know, get my clinical degree in psychology so that I can work with at a power five university with athletes that have actual clinical illnesses. And then also, um, you know, like my, the amount of money I want to make this year and things like that. So outcome goals is in your vision. And then your principles are your values that you live by. So for me, mine are energy, commitment, and grit, ECG. And then I define those and go through that. And then that's basically your whole life on one page. And when you stick to that, you continually go back to that day in, day out, week by week, month by month. And then you stick to the plan that you have written down there. Mm. And then the second way is, have you ever read the one thing? Uh, yeah. So that system they have is amazing. Right. So if you haven't read the one thing, go through that and literally just go to the one thing.com and download all their resources and go through it. And I've done that with a couple of clients and myself as well. And it's revolutionized uh, the way that I coach. And just mm. because you simplify down your whole life into, okay, what's, and the, the focusing question there is what's the one thing I can do right now that makes everything else unnecessary or easier. And it's, pretty amazing so i'd say those those three things though uh are the easiest and best way to get started with getting focused oh actually one more thing and then once you have those down time blocking out your days to where you're like okay i'm gonna spend 60 minutes on this 90 minutes on this 60 minutes on this 30 minutes on this 15 minutes on this and you literally plan out every single minute of every single day for the whole entire week. And that might sound crazy to some people, especially if they've never done it before. But I mean, that's what literally the most elite business people and athletes do in the world. And if you listen to LeBron talk, he talks about how structured his schedule is. And, you know, he's mm -hmm. one of the greatest players of all time. Yeah, definitely. Those are all really good. Uh, please I'm, rewind that and listen to that again. Uh, another book that's really helped me, which is just like the one thing is essentialism. Those two have really helped me out a ton. You know, one thing that I struggled with, this is my fifth year going into running uh, my agency, which is crazy just to think about one thing I did for three years, I made no money. And for two, I have, uh, actually, yeah, two, I have the only, the thing I did in those three years is I was very, very, very busy, but these last two, I've been very, very, very productive. Now, I don't know if I've worked as many hours lining up each day. I probably, it's probably pretty close, but I might not be, but I've gotten 10 times more done and made, I can't even imagine how much more uh, money. And it's been a lot better, you know, meeting people like yourself and Brian and all these people, uh, the quality has gone up in relationships and, and connections. Uh, that has really helped me being very mindful of being productive and not busy. What are some steps that people can take to hit that? Cause I feel like if people just, you know, 
the, okay, like, what do we do now? Like uh, we got to, we block out our day and next thing you know, they look back and they're like, well, I did it. And they look back and they're just like, well, I accomplished literally shit. You know, the only thing I did was make lunch and I burned the goddamn chicken. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like what could people do to really like mindfully be more productive rather than busy? And I know that's a tough thing for people to overcome because it was for me. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Well, what, what did you do to overcome it? Uh, well, I just, to be honest, I got really tired of not making any money and I just had to completely shift my strategies. Uh, that was really the main thing for me and realizing, okay, what I'm doing is not being effective and just having a sudden, you know, realization. The only thing is it should not have taken me three goddamn years. I was really young at the time and, you know, you have a lot of energy and you don't really know what you're kind of doing with it. You know, like there's a diagram and I'll uh, post a picture of it uh, in this video if I can figure out how to do that. Um, of in, in essentialism, where there's a, there's a circle and then there's a whole bunch of little lines going everywhere and then there's a, a circle next to it and there's one big line, you know? Uh, that really, when I kind of figured that out, was really big for me. So I'd focus on like the five, I got it from uh, Andy, the idea of the powerless from Andy Frisella um, of the five critical tasks. And a lot of people do this. I mean, I, I've heard anyone big in like, business, sports, anything, focus on the three, five, whatever major tasks you have. And if you accomplish those, you win the day. And I even have my monthly calendar whiteboard that I'll mark win or loss on that day. And at the end of the month, I'll be like, was this a win or a loss of a month? It doesn't matter how much money I made. You know, like last month I didn't have as many wins as I wanted to, even though I made a lot. It's like, ah, well, I could have done more. And you kind of get competitive with yourself and it becomes a, a game. That was the big thing. Or it became a game, less of a job. Um, what would you say to someone who's saying, man, like I, I go through all these things. I've worked 14 hours today and I feel so... I still feel anxiety of, man, I didn't do anything. Cause if, even if you didn't make any money, if you did, if you were productive that day, you will know it. You'll be like, man, I took a step. You know, what would you say to mm -hmm. someone who's actively knowing that they're busy and not, not being productive at all? So to end your day, I call it clearing the path mm -hmm. at the end of your work day go back through the day and you know look at how many calls you made or look at all the little wins you've had throughout the day and then and set up your day for tomorrow so you know go in and look at your schedule for tomorrow and make sure all the meetings that you have are good to go clear out your emails clear out your text and i know that might sound crazy to some people as well like dude you have no idea in my job i get a thousand emails I literally have a thousand emails in my inbox right now. And yes, I do understand that. My mom and dad both worked at AT&T and I remember coming home from a vacation one time and my mom opened up her emails and she had 1500. And I said, mom, you need to control a delete all of them because I'm like, if they're really important, they'll email you again. But uh, now with my clients, they're also in both of the, both, um, the two that I'm thinking about are in sales and they get hundreds of emails a day. But at the end of their day, they go in and they clean out their email inbox and schedule anything that needs to get scheduled, get back to anybody that needs to get back to. And when you stay on top of that day in and day out and you go ahead and clear the path for the next day, it sets up your next day so much better and you are so much more productive the next day. 
And then at the end of clear the path, you go in and you look at what's my most important task for tomorrow. Now, a lot of people say, oh, I do the most important task, but they probably do it in the morning when they sit down at their desk to get going. And if you're sitting down at your desk and you don't know your most important task for that day, you've already lost because mm -hmm. then anything can take you off course. And, you know, if you choose the wrong thing right there, when you sit down, you're like, okay, what do I have to do today? And then you pick something and it could be the step in the wrong direction. And, but if you're at the end of your day, when everything's fresh on your mind and you go through and you clear the path and you figure out your most important task for the next day, that way, when you sit down, boom, instant productivity, instead of sitting down and figuring out or thinking about what no delays. Yeah, there's no delay at all. You gotcha. just sit down and go. So that's definitely probably the number one thing for being productive over, especially over busy. Like when you feel like you're getting a lot done, but it's not important stuff. That means that you need to go back in at the end of the day and say, okay, what's the most important thing that I have to get done tomorrow. So that when I lay my head down on the pillow, I feel like it's a productive day. Mm -hmm. And you feel ready to go right when you wake up. Kind of like, okay, cool. Kind of like controlling your environment. You know, keep, I was always, I've always heard keeping your office, room, whatever, clean uh, has a really big psychological benefit. And it does. I've been in both scenarios. And man, does it work. Uh, that really helps. And that's kind of how, I, like, I always do that with my emails. I'm kind yep. of, you know, ADD about my emails being like, oh, man, I, I, I can't, like I have to answer it, whether it's one in the morning and I wake up, check my email. It's even at the point where if I wake up in the middle of the night and I look at my phone and I, I'm like about to check my email, I'm like, oh no, man, this is going to be bad. And I kind of have that. So I, I get what you're saying. Like that, I think that's really big texts, emails, you know, anything like that, uh, kind of keeping it clean and organized. Uh, that's why I don't have like notifications on. And I call it clearing the path too, because your present self is clearing. So think about yourself with like a machete walking through the jungle, right? Mm -hmm. Your present self is going ahead and clearing the path for your future self that's walking behind you. You know, so when you get done and your present self gets done with work, then you've cleared the path some distance for the next day's Danny to come in. And now he can take a few steps forward before he has to start chopping the chopping down the jungle with mm -hmm. that machete. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, man, I had something else on the tip of my tongue that I was going to bring up, but I forgot. So what else, so, what else you got? So uh, another, a big question and, and probably the main thing that I've struggled with over the past few years, I, really for the first three years, I, this was the thing holding me back besides myself. Um, and I, whenever I've been able to actively control it, uh, the past two years, it's been immense is, surrounding yourself with the right people. Now, a lot of people who listen to this are uh, around my age and your age, you know, they're younger. Uh, they're getting hit up to go to the bars. They're getting hit up to, you know, hang out or uh, watch the games on Sunday, which I still do, but like, you know, like anything like that. And then that watching the game leads to five beers, which leads to your team losing, which leads to more beers. I've been there. Like, you know, it kind of goes into this whole thing. Uh, you know, controlling your environment, where does that, how important is that? You know, how important is it to surround yourself with a lot of people? Because I hear that all the time. Oh, just drop your friends. Personally, I don't agree with, oh, I'm going to drop all my best friends because they're not entrepreneurs. I think I would go legitimately insane being like, man, I know I'd regret it 20 years down the road, but at the same time, I know I can't be hanging out with them all the time. 
you know, and I don't. And like I said, I've gotten that under control and I've made a lot of money. Uh, what would your advice be to someone who's really struggling with their environment? Now, I'm not saying it's, let's say it's two scenarios. One is on a crazy level. And I'm, I'm going to say that it'd be to drop everyone. Like everyone around them is just smoking dope, doing nothing, playing video games, eating Cheetos. And then the other side is they're just kind of friends and they're not, you know, athletes trying to go to the next level. I, I have a friend who is trying to be in the NFL, but he hangs around people who I'll let's just say will not be in the NFL. Um, you know, they do not have those. They're just not there. Uh, and I, it's hindering him and he's an athlete. He's 26. He, he does not have a lot of time, you know? So what would your advice be to someone in that more in that scenario? Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say it goes back to getting clear on what you really want. And then, because when you figure out what you want and then you commit to it, like you'll do what you have to do to get what you want. Mm-hmm. And normally when you're getting pulled off course, again, like I talked about how success isn't about your ability to focus. It's about your ability to refocus. Well, success is also about your ability not to say no to the things that you don't want to do. It's about your ability to say no to the things you do want to do, knowing that they'll pull you off course from what you really want. <coughs> Excuse me. From what you really want. And so those guys that are getting pulled off course, one, they have to take a look in the mirror and say, am I really committed to this goal that I have? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if I really was committed to it, then I wouldn't be going and doing these things with these people. Mm -hmm. I would be figuring out something else to do or, you know, finding, calling up other people and asking for mentorship or, going out and hanging out with them you know i can't tell you how many people i've called up and just been like hey can i come live with you and learn from you for five days you know that's literally i have three mentors and that's literally how i've gotten all three of them is i just called them up and said hey can i come hang out with you for a little bit Mm -hmm. and now that's my inner circle so but i agree with you with uh like the people that you surround yourself by they're in our brain we have these things called mirroring neurons so when we get into a new environment or we hang out around people our brain looks at them and tries to mirror what they're doing so that we can fit into that click quicker Mm. so like it's it's the same reason why if you were to go live somewhere else you'd pick up on that accent because speaking with that accent will help you assimilate into the culture quicker. Mm. So like when I moved from Chicago to Texas, I started saying y'all and I started talking like I was from the South and my mom would always make fun of me. But that's not because I intentionally consciously did that. It's an unconscious thing. So when you're hanging out around people and you know they're doing things that really don't fit the lifestyle that you want to live, you're going to follow them regardless unconsciously because again we have those mirroring neurons so it's really critical to look at those people and say like are these people the ones that i want to be hanging out with consistently you know Mm -hmm. because like you said like i mean i i have a bunch of friends that i hang out with once twice a year that i go and just hang out with but yeah i want to be around them all the time and i would say no because i don't agree with their lifestyle or I don't want to be living their lifestyle. So that's, that's kind of the other thing too. I think a lot of people are afraid to say like, Oh, 
they're my friends. I don't want them to think I'm mean or I don't want them to think that I don't like them. And it's like, dude, you don't have to, just because you don't agree with their lifestyle doesn't mean you have to completely shut them out. Yeah. Or yeah. like I, I talk about, I always, one client I had, she talked about how her best friend, she felt like she was outgrowing her. And I was like, man, outgrowing, that sounds like such an ego driven word. Yeah. You know, like I'm better than her is basically what she said. I'm like, what you're really doing is you're just taking two different paths right now. Mm-hmm. And cause I, I learned that from my mom, like my mom, when she was 18, she moved to Chicago and she couldn't wait to get away from, she grew up on a farm in Wisconsin and all of her friends stayed in Wisconsin and did their thing. And she talks about how, when she turned 40, for some reason, they all came back together and now they're best friends again. And when she turned 40, now she's 62. So you can take different paths and then come back together. It's not that you're outgrowing mm-hmm. anybody or you're any better than anybody, but you know, we just take different paths and that's okay. That's not a bad thing at all. But I think some people think about what would happen if they didn't have their friends or especially in relationships, what would I do without my girlfriend? You know, so then they wind up staying in a toxic relationship because they don't know what else to do. It's, it's the same reason. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that I was just talking with someone about how that is how relationships fail is they're both leaning on each other. And when one falls, the other will, the other will fall and, and you need to become an individual. And, you know, when two individuals are together with the friendship relationship, that's how it works out. You know, one falls, you can pick them up. No problem. I feel like that's really important. Um, so to wrap it up, Tyler, what's your end goal? What's Tyler Pays going to be doing in 20 years? What, what's kind of the, what's kind of the, the vision? I got it written on my mirror. There we go. Best high performance coach of all time. ECG, energy, commitment, grit, hashtag let's be great. So you want, you know, like a, a big brand, you know, everyone goes, they think of high performance, they think of you like right away. You know, I've been thinking about that question a lot. Like what does best mean to me? And I think best means to me, like living the lifestyle that I want to live. So being able to travel or being able to do my job from anywhere, not feeling like I'm trapped in my work necessarily. And I love what I do. I love team consulting and I love one-on-one coaching, but I also love living life to the fullest. And that, I don't think that means necessarily being the, like the number one guy, like Brennan Bouchard right now, like he, him and Tony Robbins, I would say when people think high performance coach, they think of those two guys. And I'm like, I don't know if I, I don't think I want that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it all goes back to wanting, knowing what you want and then doing what you have to do to get what you want. Like, I just don't know if I want that. I want to work at a, okay, so here, I guess then this is it. I want to work at a power five university. I want to be a high performance coach for a university and do that day in and day out because I like to see that long-term growth. So I want to see a freshman mm. come in, not know what the heck is going on. And by the time they leave being like, man, I would not have made it if it wasn't for Tyler Pazic or if it wasn't for like me growing as a individual through like both mentally and physically. Mm. Okay. Go Tigers. Let me just say that. Go LSU. I want to put that out there. No problem. <laughs> uh, 
Well, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, Tyler, where can people find you on social media? Instagram, Pazic Performance Group. Twitter, okay. Tyler Pazic. LinkedIn, Tyler Pazic. Facebook, Pazic Performance Group. And yeah, I always say too, like email me, Tyler at Pazic Performance Group. That's P-A-Z as in zebra, I-K, Performance Group. And then also literally text me or call me. Eight four seven nine two two one three seven one. I'm always available to literally anybody and everybody. Just let me know that you listen to our podcast here and me that you know you know Danny, and then you know we'll kick it off. Talk about whatever you want to talk about. Perfect. Well, Tyler, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Yeah, thank you. No problem.